This episode of Diff Course is brought to you by Dying Industry Films. From art school, one thing led to another, and then the United States dropped two nukes on Japan. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the sim- it's like the simplification oversimplification. Exactly, like, exactly. And it's the writer's job to try to get the information, and then they just choose to use one thing led to another. Well, yeah, and one thing led to another is like the foundation of any story. Yeah. Like you can exactly. go, you can go like you know, you could do Adolf Hitler failed art school, and then. U.S. dropped two nukes, or you can do he was about to graduate high school, and then he was like, well, I guess I'll go to art school, <laughs> and then he got kicked out of art school, and then he was like, shit, what am I going to do next? One thing led to another in between every one of those. Like it, Exactly. It's just where... It's, it's a cheap phrase. It, could yeah, even he say he went to art school, and then one thing led to another, and Putin invaded the Ukraine, if you wanted exactly. to. Exactly. I mean, or, Hitler failed art school. One thing led to another. <laughs> Dying Industry started a podcast, <laughs> yes. and that podcast is Diff Course. Diff Course. <laughs> Diff Course. <laughs> yeah, we need to write an actual introduction, probably. Yeah. Dude, I was going to do that, and then I didn't. And welcome to Diff Course, where uh, guys that make movies talk about movies. It's exactly was what I was going <laughs> to write down. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. We make movies, and we talk about movies. Yeah. We'll put theme music Something like somewhere. that. Exactly. No, we can't do it. Then it'll be you guys making these sounds over theme music. That wouldn't be good. And that's oh, us yeah. thinking as filmmakers. Yes. In the process, that's what makes this interesting. Exactly. We're the only people to do it exactly. that I know of. We chose three movies that Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So we uh, spun the wheel last week and landed yes. on. Uh, medieval <laughs> <laughs> yeah we landed on medieval medieval times and then we were wrong because it clicked one more time, <laughs> one more time. like 10 minutes later right and after that we was, cl- pressed yeah. the cut exactly the, after the recording. cut button yeah um, it went click Robert Downey Jr. Robert Is that Downey Jr. Our, that's our topic was for it today. was it what he starred in or that he's in so, like prominently in just wondering. He um, stars in all of them. So. I mean, the one that we yeah, chose, Neil yeah, stars yeah. in. My my other option I was gonna look at was Shaggy Dog, with Tim Allen, because he's Shaggy. the bad guy in it. Is that oh, interesting? That oh, yeah, okay. right. Okay. He's like wow, really young. It's like right Batman, before he yeah. came back. Like it's like one of his. It's even before like Iron Man. It's before like, uh, what was the Tropic other one? Was Tropic Thunder also two thousand seven or two thousand eight or something? I feel like it was a little... I should know this because I watched <laughs> yeah. it twice. I think it's like five or six. Well, I know mine was 09. Yeah, mine was... the. Uh, I don't... Yeah. Shit. I, I want to say mine was like 13. Yeah, I know. But I think it was 14. Oh, wait. Sam, I was way off. So are we are we keeping these a secret or I mean we kind of just we can started. reveal them yeah okay. let's re- let's reveal them. so oh, I mean 13. Cool. I did the uh, the soloist it's a real tango between Robert Downey Jr. and Jamie Fox mm. um, directed by Joe Wright I did Tropic Thunder uh, Ben Stiller auteur yeah um, starring him as well Robert Downey Jr. of course Jack Black Tom Cruise Jay Baruchel definitely wow. not saying that right also in this is the end and the other things that's a real all-star lineup they got there. yeah and then of course brandon t jackson and danny mcbride Ooh. danny okay. mcbride was the one i knew about the movie going in yeah but only that and of course. i didn't know that ben still wrote and directed it and he, wait he was a writer in that? he co-wrote it and directed it they co-produced it too, I believe. But oh, yeah, that's awesome. Star-studded cast. It's Bill Hader has a couple appearances. Hey, Steve Coonan. I love that guy. Um, yeah, Spencer. Well, you can't do a Robert Downey Jr. podcast without talking about Iron Man three. Amen. <laughs> 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 no, I mean I was considering doing the first Iron Man, and then I was like, come on, that's low played out. And then I thought about doing the second one. But the second one, I think, deserves its own thing because I feel like it's very underappreciated and it's very good. 
Uh, and but also that's it's also if you want to watch it's with Whiplash, yeah, it's what uh, Chef is based on. The movie Chef. Ooh, yeah. I haven't seen Chef. I'm not even kidding. What? Wait, it's based it's, on it's Iron an, Man it's, <laughs> Chef is an analogy for the creating Iron Man 2. Wow. Yeah. That's Whoa. pretty cool. Yeah. It really is. And yeah. that's why literally the entire cast of Chef is Iron Man. Well, like, now literally. you need to watch both of them. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but then, I all right, like so Again. Iron Man 3, kind of the lame one of the trilogy. Like, it's still pretty good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, but it's definitely not talked about as much. It doesn't really contribute to the overall stories of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They honestly start a lot of things in that that I wish they continued more in the other movies, mostly with his PTSD and stuff. But And a movie where he's like redoing the suits and shit because he yes. literally blew them all up. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they don't really explain oh, that. Very fond <laughs> memories of that movie yeah. as a... Young and it's man. a Christmas wow. movie. So yeah, Iron Man 3. That was my pick. Uh, directed by Shane Black. Shane Black freaking directed the Predator movies, uh, Lethal Weapon. Both of those are in the 80s. And then recently, uh, The Nice Guys. Whoa. Which is a very good movie as well. Um, yeah. And then, you That's know, nice. Robert Downey Jr., uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, John Favreau. Uh, the bad guy is the guy from Memento. I forget his name. Guy Pierce. Guy yeah. Yes. And then uh, Love John Favreau. Ben Kingsley yeah, makes a little appearance, and Don Cheadle, of course. Love Don Cheadle. So there you go. Shout out Don Cheadle. What yeah. do we start with? Should we spin the wheel to pick? Flip a coin. <laughs> I have a three-sided coin. In my <laughs> there you pocket, go. Actually, I think it's impossible for something to only have three sides. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you need at least. Yeah, I don't think. No. There's anything no. There's the triangle. Has four sides, like a pyramid. The triangle pyramid has one, You're two, right. three, and then <laughs> yeah. the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if it's possible. I think four is the least amount of sides you can yeah. have. Nah, but you could have two if you just no, because then you bend it and maybe then do it's one, four. two. Holy shit! We should get a four-sided dice, a four-sided one of the triangle dice. They do exist, yeah. and make it be one. Two, three. We'll label one, two, three, and then four would be roll again. Okay. And then that's how you decide. <laughs> um, Here, yeah, wait, wait. Can I ask? Can you ask Siri to pick a number between yeah. one and three? Is that a possibility? I think. So wait. I think do you so. want to? We'll do one, two, three. Right. Just because that's one, how. So one, wait. two, three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. One, two, one, three. <laughs> yeah. Pick a number between one and three, please. She didn't say it, <laughs> but the number is one. So nice. There you go. Is that me? I think am so. I one or am yeah, I three? I think she chose one or three. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just <laughs> take it. Yeah. I'll just take the wheel on this one. So, <clears throat> <laughs> so the the film I decided to watch that starred Robert Downey Jr. was The Soloist, and I don't know if you guys were familiar with the movie at all before nope. this. Neither was I. Yeah. And I didn't know it existed. I can say that I enjoyed it. It was a good watch. <laughs> it's very dramatic, you know? It's, like, very emotional, uh, like, gut-wrenching. Well, the cover alone is literally, isn't it, like, it's it's Jamie Jamie Foxx, like, looking down, and then it's just Robert Downey Jr. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Robert Downey Jr. is, like, he takes this role like, very serious in nice. this, you know? Very grounded, which... Is completely different from what I'm used to seeing him as, you know, playing more fictional roles. Yeah, yeah. Aside from what uh, Zodiac is another based on true story, and so is Chaplin. Yeah, so uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays the character Steve Lopez, right? Um, and he's a writer for the LA Times. And a relative of yours. Yeah, right? exactly. He's actually my great uncle. Um, <laughs> So he's caught in a rut, you know, like the very opening scene is him riding a bike through the hills of L.A. And he he just like hits a pebble or something and just face plants into the street. <laughs> and so he's like cut all over half of his face. <laughs> and that's that's one real way to get oh, yeah. get some attention going, oh, I you know. Agree. But some hook. Opening scene? Yeah. Yeah. Literally like so, playing opening song, you know, riding around and then... Is it like the music keeps playing or it's like a hard cut? Like he hits the rock and he plays plants while the music cuts it's, out. 
it's weird because he's like narrating it as he's falling down and like it shows the angle of like some construction worker that like sees him fall <laughs> and so like it starts like that and then he thing. goes to the hospital but, <laughs> so he's a writer right he's looking for inspiration for his new column piece that he has to do and his ex-wife is the editor at la times so like he's got a real interesting uh relationship going on there with her a lot of built-up tension that you'll see later on in the movie but so he's out trying to find anything he can to get a story out of it you know because he needs to hit this deadline and he's walking around this park on his break uh pershing square it's in los angeles and there's statues of uh beethoven there and he hears like this like really quiet violin playing in the background and he's like interested so he walks over to it and that's where he first is introduced to Jamie Foxx playing uh, Nathaniel Anthony Ayers Jr. is his full name I believe you have notes but you just did not look at them yeah I mean hey yeah. I've been trying to do my do my homework on this one you know <laughs> get you guys a, a real good story yeah, on this cool. so um <clears throat> <laughs> so you know he's schizophrenic and i Jamie just want to yeah well yeah but uh nathaniel anthony Ayers jr is i Can think that jamie fox yeah yeah cool so junior um i think fox really plays junior well you know like he finds a balance between like being able to accurately portray somebody that has schizophrenia but I don't think he was like offensive or like too yeah, yeah. far at all, you know. Was he playing actually playing the violin? Yeah, that's so cool. Because I know actually, he is a musician. Yeah, so that's sick. I w when I was looking it up, they were saying how Jamie Foxx was like classically trained in piano. Yeah. So for this movie, he actually learned how to play the violin and eventually the cello because the cello Whoa. is his main instrument that you find out later on. So they like talk for a little bit at the park, you know, get to know each other a little bit. Not much happens from there. He's still like not sure if he's going to do that as a story. He ends up um, telling Robert Downey Jr. that he dropped out of the Juilliard School of Music in New York City, which is a very reputable school. So now, uh, now Robert Downey Jr. is like, oh, wow, I may have like an actual story on my hands. Like... I want to figure out how this guy went from going to a really prestigious school to dropping out and now being homeless on the street. And I really like, they use a lot of flashbacks. Like, they use, I think it's like a total of four or five flashbacks maybe over wow. the course of the movie to, like, just give the backstory to Jamie Foxx's character, uh, Junior. In and what context do these backstories come up like is it they just jump to the next scene and the next scene is back in time or is it like Downey Jr. is asking Jr. questions and then you flash back to see yeah well that's that's a great question, question actually because um <clears throat> there's different instances for each flashback like when Steve Lopez mm -hmm. Rob Downey Jr. um when he first gets in touch with Jr.'s sister who lives back in Cleveland you know far away from LA Miss Jr. Yeah, Miss Junior. She's surprised that he's playing the violin, and because he grew up playing the cello, immediately cuts to him growing up playing the cello. Mm. There's actually some really cool shots um, where they introduce uh, his mother, who is like a hairdresser, and like, I wouldn't say she neglected him as a child, but she was very busy running her own business, single mother. So she was doing all her stuff in the house. And there's like a shot where it goes from the window of the upstairs, goes out of the house, and then goes down into the basement window where you see young Nathaniel playing his heart out of the cello, you know? That's cool. All day and night. And that's how, like, you really see the connection grow between him and playing the music, you know? Like, yep. this is his outlet. This is his way to, like, escape everything, you know? Because back in that time period, there was also, like, racial troubles yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, when does the movie take place? Is it modern day? The, yeah, the movie is modern day. I'd say early 2000s. It, can, it released in 2009. But the flashbacks, um, Nathaniel's an older gentleman, so I'd say the flashbacks of his childhood are probably more, like, 
60s, 70s, maybe. So, so do they age uh, Jamie Foxx for... Yeah, or, yeah, and he then they and then he's himself old, and yeah. the younger interest. Well, in the when he's like a young adult, it's yeah, definitely they, just yeah, him. Yeah. But they have like the first one, like he's like a little boy. Yeah, like yeah. he's like that's pretty you cool. know, not even maybe a high schooler. Yeah, so that shows a lot of range, you know. Yeah, definitely like, between all the characters. But yeah, so Robert Downey Jr. eventually gets a story out of him and writes a column in the L.A. Times for it, and then somebody that read the article like gets really connected to the story she stopped she had a cello but she stopped playing because of her arthritis or whatever like she was like an older lady and so she donates a cello to give to nathaniel the homeless man and so he gives it to him but he only lets him play it at this los angeles men's project which is like a homeless place along skid row area so it's a real battle between um, you know, living on the streets and trying to get him to, like, progress as, yeah. you know, get back into society. And it's really touching, you know, because, yes, it is just the story of this one guy, but it's kind of sets up the whole premise of the entire homelessness situation in Los Angeles because they, a lot of the shots um, that they take of Skid Row, actually, majority of the homeless people in the movie are actually homeless people that live there. You Did know, they like, hire them as extras like Robin Williams? That is a good question that I don't up. know the answer yeah. to. There's yeah. a good chance that they could have just been like, oh, we're just, don't yeah, mind yeah, us, yeah. we're just recording you guys. But I don't know. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. they gave them a little justice. But. I imagine a movie of this prestige probably would. did. Uh, yeah, really I'm pretty like sure it's a DreamWorks, though, yeah. so I think it would... Interesting DreamWorks. I'm not sure. Pretty sure DreamWorks did Tropic Thunder. I know they show a DreamWorks logo. Wow. DreamWorks really really pushing it in the 2000s. But yeah, so (laughs) summarize it up, you know. Um, Steve Lopez is trying to, what he thinks is help Nathaniel, help save his life, help get him off the streets, get him into an apartment, Mm -hmm. give him medications and stuff like that. But then you realize that that isn't at all what Nathaniel wants. You know, like he... He says that he's living this life by choice, even though he has his own troubles mm-hmm. going on in his head, you know. They do a really good job of, like, portraying his schizophrenia, you know. Like, they have, like, the voiceovers, like, the voices in his head as he's, like, going crazy. Like, they do a bunch of jump cuts, stuff like that to really, like, get that point across, which I felt was really nice. That's sick. What's the balance of, like, perspective between the two char- Like, how much are we in... It's, Downey's de- shoes, it's Steve's definitely shoes. a lot more catered to being in Downey's shoes Word. than in, um, you know, you're following him most of the time. You're following him when he goes back to his house at night after. Yeah. You're following him as he's going to work where he's just running into Jamie Foxx on the side of the street getting into conversation, you know. And this was 09 it came out, you said? Yeah, 2009. Nice. Gotcha. It was originally re- supposed to be released in November 2008, but they like could only release a certain amount yeah. of movies in a year so yeah. they pushed it back it's mad funny i feel like robert downey jr did pretty much anything he could get in like that time like 2007 exactly. 2008 or whatever and then he got iron man just was was iron man for all those years i guess you got sherlock holmes was the other movie he was in for a yeah, while true and then yeah and then now he's i guess he's starting to reach out because he's not <laughs> iron man anymore but there's so many movies from that era where it's mm-hmm. just like robert Downey jr robert Downey jr robert yeah he's doing a bunch of different things but yeah you know what i found very, very interesting, interesting though robert Downey jr he he has some incidents where With he gets pee? pee yeah all over himself oh so, oh 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 so <laughs> that's the antagonist yeah yeah pee. exactly yeah. <laughs> so there's a point where he um He's at the hospital and he's getting blood work done. And they're like, okay, can you take like a pee test? And so he's in the bathroom, like he's got the cup and everything. He gets a call on his phone. He tries to pick up on the call and he drops the cup like in the stall on the ground. And he's like trying to balance like the phone and everything. And then he slips on the pee that fell on the floor and he just completely wipes out in the stall. (laughs) Oh my God. That was definitely... (laughs) Some much needed comic relief. Yeah, I'll yeah. say that. Is it a heavy? It's a pretty heavy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Like they have a few scenes where like it's just really somber, and he's like, you know, just playing the the cello and like getting those close up facial expressions where Jamie Foxx is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, really you know. feeling it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, they get a little teary eyed 
Yeah. After they play some of them, and then so there's a second instance with P later <laughs> on in the movie. He has he has raccoons that are like digging up holes in his yard, and uh, one of the neighbors is like, "Oh, use coyote ear and gets like a repellent and it'll get rid of it." So he's like, "Okay, I'll try it." So he finds out like he has to hang a bag of coyote urine from a tree, <laughs> like it'll like sprinkle around the yard, <laughs> I guess. But when he tries to like hang it up. It like pops and it just like <laughs> dumps all over his face. <laughs> Can I ask? Yeah. Why? To be honest with you, I have no idea. <laughs> um, there's like a recurring theme where it's like Steve Lopez is trying to get like redemption out of helping other people where he in turn needs a lot of help himself. Mm. Because there's the whole side story with him and his ex-wife going on where they have a son that's in college. You never see him at all, but it's mentioned, and they work together. So there's obviously a lot of budding hit, like connection yeah. like that. And you see how Steve growing this relationship with Nathaniel in return helps him with his relationships with his ex-wife. And like he sort of is able to start differentiating his work from his friendships relationships and stuff like that so yeah that's that's kind of like the lessons you get out of it it was a good two-hour movie i definitely enjoyed the experience but i'll just say that you definitely do feel the full two hours yeah yeah Yeah. um i do have a question of like what themes do you personally like give me like two or three different themes that you can conclude from so themes more or less like derived from the plot or like the shots, like the cinematic aspects of it. Because I would say that there's like, there's a lot of emphasis on like space and depth and the way that they pick their shot sequences. Like they use a lot of transitions between different locations and scenes and stuff like that with these like crazy bird's eye aerial views Word. that are straight down. I think it may be the five... And, you know, L.A. traffic during the day and night. They have, like, desert landscapes that they just showed down. Actually, in fact, the first peeing scene where he's in the urinal at the hospital, or or not the urinal, he's in the stall in the hospital. There's a nice overhead shot getting (laughs) getting him to You see other people taking dumps and stuff like that. But it's not just, like, the aerial shots downwards, too. They also have a lot of, like, narrow shots looking down hallways or, like, in their office that they work like you see like heads of rows of desks you know in the cubicles and stuff like that which i can't i can't put my finger on a direct relation to necessarily the lessons that they're trying to portray but you can notice how they're trying to emphasize space throughout the movie and then it was just you know a nice heartfelt redemption movie you know it's not like your perfect fairy tale ending yeah, it's yeah. like you realize, okay, I can't cure everybody. I can't I can't solve all of life's problems, but I can be there for my friends and I can adapt. That's a theme right there. I mean, yeah. and definitely with the things that you picked up on cinematography wise, cinematography wise, <laughs> it seems like maybe the correlation there is the kind of for lack of a better word i'll use like infinite yeah re- repetition definitely. and like as many people as there are it's like stick to your few yeah and it takes like a really like realistic approach to it you know yeah. like portraying it in such a different way than i feel like i've ever seen robert downey jr play a character word. which i i thought was really refreshing honestly and homelessness is a topic that I always find really interesting, and it's, mm-hmm. like, super relevant. Definitely. Currently, which I think there's a correlation between our two movies, is I think Tropic Thunder is uh, a oh, pretty yeah. relevant, you know, it, it stands mm-hmm. true today, if not more Definitely. now than then. But, uh, and maybe with, you know, homelessness, too, and, like, this, you know, I, I imagine just because he's a musician that's living on the street and it's la to add to that like, exactly how many yeah. Skid Row, homeless you know? people around here in newburgh new york like do you think people yeah. are musicians but like now think about somewhere like new york city or la where the whole reason most people move out there is to pursue mm-hmm. some sort of like creative endeavor and it's like definitely you know all these yeah. creative people it, literally living on a sidewalk in a tent yeah and it makes me laugh that you bring up that you think this movie almost is trying to bring light to it when that's 2009 when we were yeah. in LA it's like there's 70,000 homeless people yeah. that are around, that are living in LA 
and then and now it's 2020 it's like almost a hundred thousand like it's yeah. like exactly. so it's like oh that movie did real good real good job <laughs> no no i'm just I'm, I'm just messing but and i mean even the whole idea of just paying attention to the things that you can control and it's more like things that are in your wheelhouse of like <laughs> oh this is here now i'm uh, let me just focus on this instead yeah. of worrying about well, world war three or yeah. you know whatever yep. yeah it's very relevant still Speaking of World War Three, good segue <laughs> there to, you go. to Iron Man Three. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I can do Iron Man Three. We'll save the controversial one for last. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Iron Man as a character and like who plays him. And so, uh, yeah, right. Knows no, right literally, now. the thing I would say the things that are interesting that I didn't realize. So the movie takes place six months after the Avengers, the events of the Avengers. It's very, very recent. I never really thought of it like that, and even looking at it. Came out in 2013, a year after. Yeah. I think it was the next was Avengers, movie. Right? Yeah. After, after which which Avengers? The first one. Oh, so like, the, okay, yeah. The so you have you know Avengers. Iron Man one, two, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, Avengers. the five before Avengers. Avengers okay. happens, and then Iron Man three is the next one. I'm pretty sure. Word, so word. it's like very much like boom, boom, boom. This is all his life is is this, which I didn't realize that. I thought it had been a couple years or something like that. But oh, um, yeah. so it's so, a lot more back to back. Yeah. yeah. So the big theme of it is he's like has crippling anxiety and okay. kind of like PTSD a little bit. There's a scene where he has a panic attack and he's like freaking out and he goes in his suit and it's like, oh, what's happening? Like, am I poisoned? Like, what's up? And he's like, oh, you're having a panic attack, Jarvis says. <laughs> so so Jarvis. that's a big thing. And it's very interesting how they portray panic attacks because as I've uh, let you guys know many times over the past few weeks, had my fair share of them. Of course. So, of course. Um, and they're very quick. Like he's in the restaurant or whatever with Rhodey talking about Avengers and it's like causing him to like have flashbacks or whatever. Yeah. And then he goes outside, he goes, gets the reading on what's happening and then he's like, oh shit, okay. And then he's good and then he goes and flies off. So it's like, oh, no. okay. yeah, so it's very <laughs> interesting. I think they did it a lot better in No Way Home when they have mm-hmm. that spider sense scene. Because that's more of what I feel like is like a panic attack where it's like there's oh, definitely okay. something wrong. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. And it was very interesting seeing that. I feel like the big difference there, though, maybe is like, I mean, spider senses are him knowing some shit's about to go wrong. For yeah, like yeah. fact, like it's a superpower. Exactly, literally. While anxiety is like, it would be nice. Yeah, oh, right. Lord, would it be nice if spidey senses were you know anxiety and yeah. they were one in the same I'm pretty way. sure I've literally seen a meme that it's like my therapist told me that my anxiety attacks are not me having spidey sense or something like that <laughs> like literally yeah cuz nothing goes wrong That's exactly yeah yeah the difference yeah no yeah anyway no yeah and then he has there's another scene where he has another one uh which is the same deal the way I always think about it is as soon as I rationalize to myself and be like oh shit I'm having a panic attack I start to calm down like almost instantly so I could see uh, someone being as logical and scientific as you know Tony Stark being like, oh, it's a panic attack. All right, yeah. cool. Let me okay. continue with so my you th- day. Yeah, like, it's so very you could say that yeah. it could be an accurate representation. It could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. Well, it's different it was, for everyone. Anxiety, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. But um, that's that's one of the biggest scenes. He's like dealing with all this. That's why he's creating all the suits is because he's like, oh, okay. I need to be ready for the next time. You know, yeah. something happens like this, I need to be ready. And he's always developing new suits, new suits. There's a part where Gwen Paltrow's like, what is this? Like number 15? And he looks over and it's it's number 42 or whatever. And he's like, <laughs> oh shit. So um, all the suits, like I think the CGI that they do with the suits is so fucking cool. It's just great. And the that whole like, because the whole thing with this one, his new upgrade in this movie is that he can like call the suit to him basically. Yeah. And it comes by piece by piece and they play with that throughout the whole movie. But um, it looks so cool. It's just great. That's something that Marvel never, ever, ever fails is CGI quality. Especially in that era, I feel like. Yeah. Like I feel like nowadays it gets a little bit too bouncy with a lot of the stuff that they do. Yeah. They go for the money shots. And they exactly. But like these, that that was, I feel like, prime time with their CGI. With just everything looks so yeah. good and crispy and realistic. And it was awesome. So yeah, so then the bad guy of the movie is this terrorist, the Mandarin, played mm-hmm. by Ben Kingsley. He does great. Yeah. He does really great. And honestly, in retrospect, so spoiler alert for people that haven't seen Iron Man 3, it turns out it's not actually him being the Mandarin. He's an actor 
working for Guy Pierce's character, Aldridge Killian, who oh, okay. his origin story is they were at a party in Y2K, the Y2K New <laughs> Year's party, and uh, he met Robert Downey Jr. or Tony Stark, and he wants to meet with him, and he's like this dorky, like, you know, he's got a gimp oh, leg yeah. or whatever. like. <laughs> and so then Robert Downey Jr. messes with him and tells him to wait for him on the roof, and he doesn't show up. That's literally what his origin story is, and he gets butt hurt. That's awesome. But then he figures out what this thing that he's trying to convince Tony Stark of is this like super soldier serum essentially and you can regrow limbs you can like heal yourself you can you have super strength apparently you can breathe fire which is weird I don't think they needed to do that I know right (laughs) yeah it sounds pretty legit but no yeah it's really the the origin for Guy Pierce's villain is really strange and it's a little bit like okay all right whatever it's a little far-fetched yeah exactly it's really easy to suspect when I go into superhero movies i suspend almost all belief and just let them tell me what they're telling me and i'll just go with it well because if not but then exactly (laughs) but then when you look at it critically like all right i'm here to watch a movie i want things to add up and make sense and stuff like that it's very easy to see the crack yep uh i have a very fond memory of this movie and i will say for the film lover in me yeah i was this came out in 2013 yeah i was like 11 or 12 wow. and so you know i wasn't the harsh critic i am today yeah, i yeah. think that was the last time i saw it like the second time i saw it in theaters because i remember good chance we even went and saw it together honestly. probably yeah, yeah i wouldn't yeah, be too surprised yeah. i saw it twice so i mean probably one of those times yeah so well you know i'm sitting there and he calls all the suits over and they show up like little stars and light speed like just one after another and there's the big one and they're all flying next to each other and it's like this whole army and they're all him and no one's in there and i remember getting this like high type of euphoria mm-hmm. as like a little 12 year old being like holy shit yeah this yeah. is the coolest <laughs> thing and i i guess with that they might not be all they crack up to they might not hold up to criticism yeah you know but that's not really what they're made for exactly they're made yeah. for like that feeling exactly yeah. that's and movie that's literally movie yeah, magic yeah like, the avengers was sick but like iron man was my fucking movie that first iron man i loved yeah, it yeah and like that was the first moment since the first Iron Man where I was like oh yeah this is sick and yeah, I guess yeah. it's just yeah, when it's you like, said Iron Man 3 I was like kind of less disappointed um, <laughs> no it is did, like, Iron Man I enjoyed two, it yeah, yeah I Iron definitely... Man 1 is so fucked I mean John Favreau mm, like, I know right yeah he really yeah. knows yeah well and that's the thing he John Favreau directed Iron Man 1 Iron Man 2 did not direct Iron Man 3 because yeah. what I was talking about earlier I'm pretty sure because the whole thing with Chef is like he leaves the restaurant business so he can start a food truck and do exactly what he wants with his yeah. work which is what was you know he's working at Marvel which I can't imagine being a director for wow. Marvel like I that see. just must suck yeah. so bad like <laughs> you because you, I'm sure the amount of ideas apparently like and I know I'm not talking about the second one I'm talking about the third one but mm-hmm. there's so much that he wanted there to be in the second one yeah. that would have just like all of the faults that we complain about which is mostly the villain he was like there's a whole backstory that I had planned or a whole set of stories that were gonna be more included and he couldn't do it so yeah. that's why John Favreau yeah. left but then you that know makes sense yeah guess, exactly you know, when you can't Creative yeah. integrity. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Com- exactly. It Coming makes perfect swingers, sense. I mean, Literally. that guy was made to make movies. Exactly. Like, he's not making movies. He's he's making like yeah. you know little kid. Yeah. Like you know. But um yeah so basically the re- big reveal is that uh the Mandarin doesn't exist. It's just this extremist program, which is the super soldier thing. Okay. Uh, and then there's a bunch of super soldiers that they all have to fight at the end, and then he calls all of his suits, and they have a big old fight at a like a shipping yard, basically. And okay, they have I a was big about final to say fight. it's close yeah. to the water, right? I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. there being a lot of water. Yeah, it in catches that final on fires. Scene. Yeah. yeah, there is a really really sick scene where Tony Stark is like, "Hey, Mandarin, come to my house. Here's my address. If you're a real man." Literally, oh. like that's almost exactly like, what he says. Yeah, door. literally like. gives him the address, <laughs> and then the next time you see him, he's chilling in his basement. That's it. He does have one line where, it, like, the door the doorbell rings, and it was like, "Are we really at doorbells? Like, come on, guys, we're on maximum security or whatever." Yeah. So it's like, but why is he not having just all of his suits? 
yeah. just be out on guard, literally. Like, come on, man. Like, you literally just well, called so you out. you could have that moment. Well, yeah. You suspend your disbelief. I yeah. think that's the right way of yeah. saying it. Exactly. But Definitely. then there is a really cool shot where the helicopters are shooting his house and his Malibu mansion is, like, crumbling into the I ocean. It looks, yeah. it looks dope. It's so cool. And he gets, like, trapped by, like, some wire or whatever underwater in his I suit. And that. Yeah, it's really <laughs> sick. And, and I remember watching, like, the trailer for that and being like, Oh fuck, that's insane. That's gonna be so sick. Our man's dead, like all this shit or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so then uh in the big final fight he has all of his suits. My only complaint, I wish they showed a little bit like of the different suits' abilities. Yeah. There's one part where it's like they show this black and yellow kind of suit. Like it almost looks like Spider Man's suit in the No Way Home or whatever. It's like he like presents himself and then it breaks up into the small parts of his suit and it just hits the guys with the p- small parts of the suits. <laughs> Whenever I've said this before, I don't think on this podcast, but just what I want to see in superhero movies is superheroes and villains creatively using their powers. That's yeah. it. That's why I like mm-hmm. the Doctor Strange movies. Oh, yeah. So I really liked this last No Way Home movie because I thought that whole scene where they're fighting Doctor Strange and like yeah. there's the yeah. they, he uses Using math to beat him like it's just cool as fuck the first two Iron Men it's basically is just fighting another Iron Man yeah. and then this okay. one at least he's fighting some kind of weird fire breathing su- superhero dude so yeah. it's like kind of cool out of his comfort zone a little yeah bit, exactly so. like it's a it's a little bit better but it was also like you could have give us, given us the Mandarin like for real like with mm-hmm. the ten rings and everything which would have been dope and they didn't because they wanted to play it safe, which is sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, actually, Shang-Chi, which came out just last year. I wa- I'm not going to say it's like acts as an Iron Man 4, but it does continue that story because cool. the Mandarin shows up in Shang-Chi because the Mandarin's like, you're not the Mandarin, I'm the Mandarin. <laughs> And then he keeps him around as like a jester because he's funny. Whoa, that's yeah, crazy. and that's he is funny. Sick. When I first saw Iron Man three, that was a complaint. I was like, man, I wish they gave a, gave us the real Mandarin. But I actually think it works super well that he's just an actor, and the his whole voice that he does is so interesting. He's like, I want to destroy you, or and like all this weird stuff. It's like almost like a Bane voice, kind of like it's yeah, literally. You. It's like a little, but like that's a good. but like a yeah, Thank that you. was really good. Thank I you. like that. Seeing what they did, and I don't know if they had plans to do a Shang-Chi movie eventually with the actual Mandarin or not. That would be pretty cool. If they did have it What's since 2013. Marvel, you don't need to. Exactly. It's all yeah. there. It's like, hey, we we planned this, guys. Yeah. Like, But they probably didn't. But yeah, Maybe they did, though, because like. apparently Feige has plans like 10 years in the future, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So if he did, even. yeah. But uh, overall, pretty great. Pretty great film. Very fun to watch. Was not checking awesome. my phone. Which was, even though I'd seen it already, I was not like, oh, when is this movie going to be over? Mm-hmm. It was good. It was fun. I really don't like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I just, Gwyneth she's so annoying. I'm sorry, Gwyneth Paltrow, if you're listening. Uh, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> Come on the show and defend yourself, yeah. all right? <laughs> the, 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 well, that's the thing at the end. So they, uh, Guy Pierce captures Gwyneth Paltrow and injects her with the extremist thing, which the thing with the extremist thing, it's like kind of faulty. Like sometimes people blow up which is why they went the whole terrorist route is because mm-hmm. the people are blowing up. So they're like, oh, it was the t- it was the Mandarin blowing up bombs and being a terrorist kind yeah. of thing. But it's people blowing up and it's really like with insane. Pretty hard. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah. And like it, it really was pretty intense as far as like gore for like, a, a, you know, a children movie yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like arms get cut off. Oh, okay. like people's faces have holes in them and stuff like that. Wow. But like they so heal back. Like, okay. they're the extremists, and they heal back, so it's, like, kind of okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super weird. But so, that, that was definitely rated 13, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Everything PG-13. That's my problem with Batman. Everything felt so real about the violence, except that there was just no blood. Yeah, if exactly. there was blood, I feel like I would have been able to look past all the flaws in that movie and say... For Batman beating up fucking thugs. They should have made it R. They should have made I it I want to see the R cut. They should have made it Definitely. R. Whatever. Yeah. We'll do Batman a whole other. Yeah. We'll just do, choose yeah, a just Batman a movie. We'll yeah. do it. It's tricky to not talk about just all superheroes when yeah. you talk about anything. Yeah. Because even in Superhero, this conversation, yeah. I brought up the Avengers movies. I brought up. We're bringing up Batman. Brought up That's Spider-Man. That's what they want yeah. you to do. Exactly. You know? That's how it works. But hey, that was right before the prime. I almost want to call that like a golden age of Marvel for for film, for the MCU, not for the comics. But for the MCU, it was their time where like they were starting to like test the waters because pretty soon after Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I think 
like they were really starting to just switch it up a yeah. little bit, make some good movies and stuff. Yeah. I mean, Thor two also came out roughly. I should okay. give that another so watch because that's were, like, arguably building the worst up a lot of yeah. momentum. Yeah, a hundred percent. Those few years, but also that's the thing. Two things. One, I wish in future Marvel movies they included more of the PTSD element because they harp on it so much in the third one. Mm -hmm. And then he's walking around like there's no problem yeah. for the most part for the rest of the movies. He should be more reserved and stuff, I feel like, in his actions. And he doesn't really do that. He does a little. I mean, he does, especially if you compare it to the first movie or even the second movie because mm -hmm. he has that whole end of the world party where he thinks he's going to die in the second one and he blows up a watermelon with his chest gun yeah. and all that but yeah i wish they stuck with some of the deeper themes because that would be something that would make martin scorsese's argument about how marvel isn't cinema a little bit less valid because if they went into the depth of those kinds of more harder things mm -hmm. to talk about or whatever like the anxiety like ptsd and stuff like that and what it means to take a life it would be so much more compelling and so much more interesting but yeah. instead i mean you see him in captain america's civil war and they're just killing people left and right yeah. and like not giving a fuck and it's weird that like his ptsd is from going into the portal and seeing all the space and seeing aliens and stuff but it's not from just killing a bunch of dudes like he doesn't have ptsd yeah. from that but he kills so many people in that movie pretty brutally yeah. too Oh, I forgot about the best part of the whole movie. Mm -hmm. There's the part where he doesn't have his suit and he has to break into the compound with just like stuff he bought at like Walmart or whatever. So fucking yes, cool. It's yes. so, it's great. He has like a, a an automatic staple gun. <laughs> he builds his own hand blaster like out of a watch or something yeah. like that. Like so much cool shit that I want to see more of. Yeah. I mean, I, we can't anymore because, you know, he's dead. Yeah. I mean, hey, Tony Stark, I mean, he's like yeah. the exactly. innovator. So of it's yeah, like, this, yeah, take him out of the suit. What are you? Elon Musk. Billionaire playboy. For, that's a line yeah, from Yeah, from <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we're cool. So there's, there you go. There's Iron Man 3. All right. Should we, uh, thank you. Should we take a break? Oh, yeah, we yeah. do need to thank our sponsors. All right, and we'll be right back. Hello, guys. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by Michael's Front Two Teeth. Michael's Front Two Teeth. Get them 50% off after three orders of Michael's Two Front Teeth. Get one 50% off. That's six teeth for the price of five and a half teeth. Call Get in them, now. Call in now or go to www. Michael's Two Front Teeth Five dot com slash discourse. www. Michael's Two Front Teeth Five dot com slash discourse. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be right back. And our final sponsor, water. Water. It's snow. It's ice. It's water. You drink it. You need it. It'll kill you, though. Water. Buy it now. Anywhere. Water. Covering more than 70% of our planet. Buy it for six ninety nine a can. At your local Ralph's. Water. You're made of it. Get fucked. <laughs> get fucked, get hydrated. Water. So I know we were touching a little bit on the gore that they have in Iron Man 3 and other movies related to yeah. that. How would you say that they portray the gore at all in a movie like Tropic Thunder where they're <laughs> in a war setting? Look at that segue. Tropic Thunder. Let's, uh, to answer your question, I'll jump probably 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Okay. Um, after I tell you about the first 15 <laughs> minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It opens with spoof trailers, like five of them, and they're all things that the main characters of the movie Tropic Thunder, based on the book Tropic Thunder, written by Four Leaf, a Vietnam War vet. Is that a real book? No. Okay. It's a book in... It, this is a very meta movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Like so that's, super meta. It yeah. opens with trailers yeah, yeah, for literally. movies, and actually the first thing it opens with Something that the first time I watched it, I kind of just brushed off as like, okay, it's setting the tone for like the meta-ness. And then the second time I watch it, it's an ad for Booty Sweat, which is <laughs> an energy drink. Wow, can I buy some? <laughs> it's an energy, you get it for free. 
um, with our code <laughs> DIFFCOURSE. <laughs> DIFFCOURSE5 for 5% off. Go to bootysweat.diffcourse.com uh, uh, and you will get a free 30% off your first order of booty sweat. Booty sweat. Brought to you by Dying Industry. <laughs> Um, so Tropic Thunder opens with an ad for Booty Sweat, an energy drink that a rapper who's acting in the movie Tropic Thunder, uh, like it's his brand. Oh, um, okay. And then they do trailers for different movies. Jack Black has a movie about where he's fat and he farts. And so any movie he that plays, he's Yeah, made. and he plays all the characters that are fatter than real Jack Black, except himself. He also plays a normal Jack Black. Oh, okay. And but he's not Jack Black. Anyway, yeah. yeah, everyone gets a movie trailer. Um Robert Downey Jr. is Australian with blue eyes until he gets a skin pigmentation surgery to play the role of as they say, uh African American leader or sergeant or something. And so that's blackface. Yeah. yeah. How do they get away with that? How? So I think the way they get away with it is it was 2008. You <laughs> Just literally, kidding. Like, even, like, shows like Community and Psych, yeah. like, you literally could get away with anything. Yep. Like, anything. But the difference is it, it holds up to such an extent with Tropic Thunder. And it's not to say that, like, you know, it's the character is a white actor who mm-hmm. does blackface. So that in itself doesn't make it better or justify it at all mm-hmm. that's it's super meta and it still with that context alone is racist for sure to keep it going a step further the booty sweat guy i'm going to just call him in booty sweat yes yeah, okay booty sweat guy. <laughs> that's yeah. a great idea so booty sweat and junior robert downey jr not the character <laughs> booty sweat and junior have some really funny interactions and I feel like the way that they touch on it, like, that's why I feel like it was unjustified removing the episode of Community, because it's not, listen, blackface isn't okay. We do not, uh, <laughs> we do not endorse. We do the opposite of endorse blackface, yeah. but in the context of it being done, mm-hmm. the way Community and more specifically Tropic Thunder, more specifically Tropic Thunder, the joke is, here's a dude doing blackface. And he's a fucking moron. Yeah. Let's laugh at him. Now, this movie would never be able to get made in today's climate. Oh, I'm 100%. honestly surprised there hasn't been any real he's you need canceled to, yet. It's really like, it's kind of no, insane. You, you need to watch it to truly understand yeah. how, yeah. if a black character did play this guy, like they could get away with it. Like he could do whiteface in, you know, the scene where he's getting the pigmentation surgery yeah, and they could do that fine. But like the joke is in the performance. The joke is in the writing. The joke is always on the guy doing blackface. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, that's a perfect way. Blackface. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Where did that fucking come from? Well, Not even that, but even just the idea of how like every single yeah. Hollywood film is whitewashed to yeah. the point yeah. where you're literally getting a white actor to play a black actor. Like. Okay, wait. So I need to explain majority of the beginning so you can understand the context of the rest. I'm not going to go through it step by step, but basically yeah. they show the trailers for each of the characters. They're all these wild, you know, goons. And then they show the sick-ass intro, three helicopters coming in, flying in Vietnam. There's explosions. There's people shooting at each other, people flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like a cool war scene, and it keeps going. They end up doing <laughs> one of the funniest scenes ever. Ben Stiller does... Willem Dafoe's platoon yes. scene. Yes, I do. And <laughs> he does it so similar, yet like, oh my, it's hysterical. He is a physical comedy genius based off that scene alone. Like, the facial expressions, <laughs> it's spot on. But yeah, he's doing the scene, he like goes down, and uh, you know, the whole squad of of This is the End and Booty Sweat and Junior, they're all sitting in the chopper waiting to go and they see mm-hmm. Four Leaf, aka Ben Stiller, coming out from the jungle, getting shot at, <laughs> doing his Jesus moment, and then uh, Junior goes in to save him. Ben Stiller's lying on the floor, and you know Robert Downey Jr. like comes close to him, and they're like doing a scene, and <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. in blackface just starts crying, and 
the scene is like Ben Stiller is supposed to be the one crying. Ben Stiller like can't cry. He can't get himself to cry. So he's like doing things with his face, like trying to get him to cry. That's awesome. And Junior's just going in and <laughs> Ben Stiller's like, all right, like, you know, cut. The director, Coonan Coogan, is like, no, like we can't cut. Like keep it rolling. <laughs> you know, we got an explosion coming in in two minutes. Cut to Danny McBride and he's like, you know, in a tower, like, gearing up for an explosion, like, radioing these, like, jets. And um, Ben Stiller, like, can't get himself to cry. He's like, there's a problem with the scene. They, like, try to do it again, you know, still rolling. And <laughs> there's, like, a, so just some really funny interactions. And Robert Downey Jr., you know, they start the scene. He, like, spits, like, at <laughs> Ben Stiller to, like, make it look like he's, like, drooling, <laughs> crying. <laughs> but the, just the, the action of the spit itself. Is it's such a thick wet lube <laughs> that's like goes towards Ben Stiller and then like part of it hangs off of Junior's like lip. It's so gross and funny. You could you could just tell by your description of it that they probably had such a blast shooting this. Dude, like, such a fun movie, and I can't even imagine being on set for it. Like, and shout out Ben Stiller. Props to Ben Stiller. Just a great guy. Amazing. But but like amazing director. I mean, obviously he's a killer comedian but i think mm. as a director isn't like, he in like no Yemen right now though something like, i don't know he's like know. doing a lot of good civil service i, I know he stuff. was in vietnam That's good for him. uh <laughs> <seen this> movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah so basically they can't figure out the scene they're having the problems giant fucking explosion goes off nice. um then you're introduced to tom cruise's character les grossman <laughs> Less grossman so and he's the executive he's like he's chewing everyone out he gives a great performance but i don't i don't really want to it was amazing but i don't really want to talk about it for some reason he's just cuz it's tom cruise probably well yeah, I, yeah. what hasn't been said about tom cruise yeah right like yeah. whoever he may be as a person as an actor i mean the accolades the prestige like and for context ben stiller is kind of like he plays a guy who like had Everyone loved Sorcerer 1, and now he's on Sorcerer 8, you know? So there's some context. And Robert Downey Jr. is really prestigious in this movie, his character. And, you know, Ben Stiller's kind of washed up, and Robert Downey Jr. is kicking it right now. So that's... But anyway, yeah, you meet Tom Cruise's character or whatever. Well, isn't the movie he just did, too, like some gay movie or something? Like Robert Downey Jr.'s character that was like the blonde hair, blue eyes, and he's in some relationship yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah with yeah. the beads when he's like in a church. Yeah, yes. yeah. I forgot yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, that shit's really funny. That's a newer That's a newer. No, no, no. That, that was the oh, in, preview. Okay. That was oh, his trailer right, was right. for like a gay priest movie. Yeah, super. Another controversial. Yeah. All about yeah. that controversial. I, I feel like I would but, go and watch that whole movie, honestly. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's super meta the trailers that they open with alone like before you even get to the actual movie with they're so spot on with their like representation of pop culture okay today it's a real tone setter yeah yeah it's spot on to this day where is it on is it on oh. hbo uh no i had to rent it uh, yeah i got the gotcha. director's cut so if i'm talking about a scene that you didn't see you probably didn't see the director's <laughs> cut. um but okay, wait. So before I get to like anything else, my one of the best lines of the whole movie is in the scene where Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Stiller are lying there, and Ben's like, "I can't feel my legs," <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. goes, "Ain't nothing but a thing." <laughs> <laughs> oh because he wasn't doing it's. It's in the acting, too, where I feel like the blackface gets a pass. It's like he isn't acting as a guy doing black, being a black guy and trying to be like super crazy. And like, you know, I'll give a good example. There's this Inventing Anna on Netflix that Abby's been watching. My girlfriend Um, (laughs) on Netflix. It's a show. And um, the girl from Ozark is in it. I think that's the same blonde girl. Some blonde girl. She's it's about it's a true story about this girl who's like no one knows where she came from. She, like, hides her American accent. And this girl is, like, I don't know if she's American or British, but, like, she's doing a character who is doing an accent. So she has to, like, be, you know, American or British and have a Russian or German accent trying to have an American accent. So, so you get that, like, undertone of yeah, the voice. Yeah, it's a really, really tough, tough thing to pull yeah. off technically. And Robert Downey does it in such a way with blackface where he is playing an actor 
he's not an actor doing blackface. He is playing an actor doing blackface. And I feel like, because, okay, it's not good to do blackface. We do not endorse blackface. Yeah, yeah, of course. But we're talking about it because it should be talked about because Mm -hmm. it happened. Yes. And whether it's right that they did it at the time in 2008 on Tropic Thunder, you know, is up for up for debate. But the fact that they did it and I'm talking about it like I, I think the absurdity of blackface is the entire joke as a whole. Yeah, they were yeah. Very, it yeah. seemed yeah. like they're very self-aware yeah. about yeah. it and like trying to make a oh, satirical. And here's, like, here's what I was going to say. So I remember how it was going to tie together. Yeah. So there's the intro. Um, they meet with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise chews everyone out, chews out the real Four Leaf, who is the writer of the book Tropic Thunder and a Vietnam War vet. Okay. And then there's like a party scene. Ben Stiller makes a funny toast and the director like leaves the party and goes out to like the beach and he sees a tent and there's Four Leaf and Four Leaf's like, you can't fuck up my book. You can't fuck up my movie. We need to take them out into the woods, drop them in the middle of the woods, have me and Danny McBride fucking cover the place in explosives, give them real fear, put yeah. real fear in their eyes. You're not fucking this up. I'm going to fucking kill you. You know, <laughs> let me blow the place. Who's the the war vet and who's the director? Because they're both people. The I'm director sure. is Steve yeah. Coogan. Who's that? The British guy from, what do you call it, episodes? And he's in <laughs> Tropic Thunder. <laughs> uh, he's he's oh. like British oh, or Australian or something. He's, he's really uh, funny. Yeah, I recognize that guy. And then Four Leaf is Nick Nolte. That yeah, he's, yeah. he looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Coogan, yeah, Coogan's yeah. like sure. So they go out and they do. They fly him out in a helicopter. They drop him, and they don't tell him the plan. And then they, Coogan gets out of the helicopter and he's like, "Here's a walkie-talkie. This is for the helicopter. Here's the plan. We're just doing it. We planted hidden cameras. We planted explosives. We're doing it." <laughs> and then he takes a few steps. And steps on a landmine and blows like, like up. Like an actual landmine. Yeah. He steps on a landmine because wow. they're shooting in Vietnam. Yeah, so it's yeah. an old landmine from actual Vietnam <laughs> that he steps on and explodes. This is a, this is a great plot, I feel like. It's like, such a good movie. You guys should watch it. On definitely. the recommend scale, recommended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so now they're in the middle of the jungle with no director. The walkie-talkie explodes. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller, if you want want to talk about gore and you want to talk about meta, he's like, oh, this is some movie magic bullshit. He didn't actually kill himself. They're just trying to play mind games with us, strike real fear yeah. into our eyes. He picks up the head. He's like, yeah, it's just latex <laughs> yeah. and, you know, uh, what do you call like it? Corn syrup. Corn syrup, yeah. yeah. He <laughs> licks it. Oh. And he goes, yeah, just corn syrup and blood-flavored, you know, latex. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so now, like, they heard these real militiamen, like, in the woods heard the mm-hmm. explosion, and they're, like, looking at him, like, holding up the head and, like, playing with it. And they're, like, you know, radioing to their leaders, and they're, like, these men do not fear death. <laughs> and he's, like, he's literally, like, drinking out of the head or whatever, like, sticking his hand in it so bloody and oh disgusting God. it is so good i could just imagine like how completely flipped that they could yeah. make that like well that's kind of what they did so there are cool. a million like dark ass war movies yeah yeah and exactly. like i mean there are you know a lot of funny dark ones too but like it's not a war movie it's a movie about the making of the worst war movie mm-hmm. that never happened <laughs> this we're finally where i wanted to end up so now i can bring it back around awesome they are at the point where Ben Stiller has been leading them with the map and the script, and they find out they're going in the wrong direction after Robert Downey Jr. doubts him, steals okay. the map. He's like, we're going in the wrong direction. And then this is the end guy is like, I'll, I know how to read a map. We should have gone the opposite way. And so, like, they're basically like, the movie's over, and Ben Stiller is like, no, the movie's still going. Mm-hmm. And so their, their paths are starting to split, and the black guy and the white guy playing a white guy playing a black guy are having a conversation. They're talking about why they're in the movie, and just to clarify, Booty, yeah. Booty Sweat and Robert Downey Jr.'s character, right? Booty Sweat and Robert yeah, Downey yeah. Jr.'s character. Sweet. So, Booty Sweat is like getting ripped on by Robert Downey Jr., and booty sweats well like i make millions of dollars a year and i like contribute to my like community and stuff like that and shit what was his line it was something like robert downey jr was like all right then why are you in this movie like if you're making all this money 
and he's like, you know, maybe I just wanted to represent, but they gave the only good black role to a white guy. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, yeah. if wow. they didn't have him, you know, if it was all white guys, it would be a different, completely different story. Mm-hmm. And the normal justification is, well, like, they had one black character, so, like, they're okay. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that's not being inclusive. That's not representation. Mm-hmm. It's still not. I mean, they're doing the thing that they're making fun of. Yeah. But it was just done in such a way that I feel like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. such a good fucking movie, and not because he does blackface. Yeah. It's not with like malicious <laughs> intent. It's with yeah. the purpose to laugh at it, make jokes. More at even it. to because yeah, no. the way you describe that scene is, and I feel like I've seen that scene on like when uh, whatever all those Instagram yeah. movie accounts, and it's more like, no, nah, this is literally how the industry fucking works, and this is just the most pun unintended, uh, black and white version <laughs> way of showing like how yeah. it is. Like literally, they gave the role of a black man to a white guy. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. I don't know if it was right before or right after. But there's another line that really sums it up well. And I don't know if it sums it up well. It was just a really funny way to poke fun at the blackface. And it's like Ben Mm -hmm. Stiller, you know, he's talking about the gang and he's like, you people. And then Robert Downey Jr. goes, what do you mean, you people? (laughs) And then Booty Sweat goes, what do you mean, you people? (laughs) And That's great. I thought that was really smart and funny. They they Um, know exactly. It shows how absurd it is. Like, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know if it's justification but it's self-awareness is a big yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it is funny though that they do all that and then they also have booty sweat as the character who's making the commentary that's necessary to make (laughs) it more or less okay you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. very funny wait so okay so more for backstory (laughs) ben stiller also like does a lot of things for like pandas like he loves pandas and he does like Mm -hmm. foundations charities and stuff and there's the scene where ben stiller's off alone in the jungle and he's sleeping in a cave watching a movie on his iPod with the wheel. And he hears a noise and he looks out and he gets attacked. And it's like, ah, and he like kills it and stabs it and looks at, looks oh, down yeah. at it. And it's a panda. <laughs> and so he's like reading out and then cut to, he's like, it's daytime. He's wearing the panda as a hat. And he's got this like leaf cape thing. And he gets a call from his manager matthew mcconaughey forgot to mention that oh, matthew wow. mcconaughey is in Makes this an movie. appearance that's how stacked it is and ben stiller goes i killed one rick um <laughs> the thing i love most in this world <laughs> and so he goes matthew mcconaughey is like you know assistant's name get off the line she gets off the line he closes the sheets he goes you killed a hooker <laughs> and he starts telling him exactly what you need to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so great and yeah he's like nah i killed a panda and he's like, oh, you scared me. It's like a really funny moment. They really executed their humor. Dude, yeah, well. you guys got to see Tropic Thunder. Okay, last note about Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface, the controversial and not encouraged part of this movie. There's this scene where Robert Downey Jr. is get he's getting talked back to by Booty Sweat. It might actually be the same scene where they part ways and everything. They're having their little tussle, and Booty Sweat is making fun of Robert Downey Jr. for being Australian and he doesn't like that and he's like you know stop making fun of me and he's like oh yeah you, you you Aussie like you know <laughs> whatever on the Bobby like that kind of stuff and then he he slaps him in the face Robert Downey Jr. slaps him and then booty sweat calls him the n-word and goes to swing on him oh, and Robert Downey Jr. catches his fist and pulls him into a hug <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he goes there's a a silence and he goes for 400 years that word has kept us down oh my god (laughs) oh my no way that's so good that's so at this point and this is another interesting thing that they do with it because remember he's an actor like his role is an actor that's playing Uh, a black guy yeah so at this point he's confused because they're not doing the movie right now they're trying to survive they Mm -hmm. you know they think they're going to die. Yeah. They just and, got dropped into a war zone. Yeah. And he's still doing blackface. He's still doing the voice. He's still doing the character. And oh, okay. he has this like existential crisis because he's this method actor and stuff. And he's like, I don't know who I am. It's just crazy the way that they flip it where he's like not sure what he is. Wow. And then, you know, at the end of the movie is when he like rips off the mustache and like 
the, the whole beard thing and the wig and I wonder how you, like how would you approach that as an actor because like you're playing a character that is a character you know yeah. and then you have to have a existential crisis within that char- like that's exactly what I was saying about the is crazy about the um the accents you know yeah, like yeah. anything meta is instantly like come on man oh yeah and heroin Jack Black is fucking so funny he's like looking at a bull like staring at a bull. And he's like quivering. He has like the heroin shakes, and he's like, "I want to wear his skin like a like a unitard." <laughs> and it's just he's dude, heroin Jack Black. Like, well, there's a whole part where rated he's like, R Jack some... Black is so yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. And Al Pacino, that's his name. Booty Sweat's name is Alpa Chino. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, sorry, last line from the movie, and then one thing about Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel movies. You know, everything's shit's going down. They get into a POW camp. They're trying to rescue mm-hmm. Ben Stiller. He gets captured yeah. r- shortly after the call. And um, Danny McBride is like setting off all the explosives. And he goes, oh, you know, in da- pure Danny McBride, he goes, oh my God, I'm moving to catering after this. Because <laughs> he's in <laughs> special effects. Yeah, hey, there's a podcast where people who make movies yeah. talk about a movie where they're making a movie. Really? Get to as many as you can get. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I can't wait until someone reviews this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. No one's ever going to do yeah. that. Now, last thing about Robert Downey Jr. as a whole. Let's step away from Tropic Thunder. So Robert Downey Jr. gets his lines fed to him through an earpiece for, like, all the Marvel stuff at the very least. Really? Makes sense. I honestly. That. That's ridiculous. Come on. You get paid. You have the easiest fucking job in the entire world, and you can't even memorize your own damn lines. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I was. And you can tell, honestly, because that is my other note with Iron Man three was his performance was a little stale. Like it wasn't bad. I mean, he doesn't have to try to be Robert da- or to be Tony Stark because he's like they're exactly. like the he's same. He's personified. Exactly. Like, he's already like, known as that. Gets me tight, honestly. Like, come on, you have the easiest job literally in the entire world. The coolest that, job, at least the yeah. coolest the job, money. making the most money, working the least amount. You got treated like royalty. Yep. Yeah. And you can't memorize your damn lines. Yep. That's crazy. And you get yeah. away with doing blackface. And you yeah. get away with doing blackface. And then Come you on. have the audacity to have an earpiece. Yeah. That's the part that we're mad at him yeah. about. Exactly. I mean, I, I, was ab- I was about to just praise him right now yeah. because of the diverse projects yeah, that he's yeah. been on. You know, like he, exactly. can, he can really harness the emotional and the dramatic end yeah. while also doing something very funny and on edge. Yeah. yeah. And do the action. Yeah, impact, exactly. You know? Yeah. But. That's just, I know, that's just that's, uh, the action's easy. Yeah. You don't need that. Like yeah. you still watched it and loved it. You didn't need exactly. him to I, like, that give the performance right. of a lifetime. That's why I, I, honestly I would have had been saying different things right now about Robert Downey Jr. if I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I wanted to save that for the end. Yeah, a little plot twist. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. I heard Come it on, on like one of the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, you guys some, write in some letters on how you feel about Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah, and we'll be sure to respond. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Should we cancel him for wearing an earpiece during <laughs> <laughs> the movie? Let and us only know. that. And only that. Yeah. Um, this has been Diff Course, episode one. This Keeping is it fun. fresh. Keeping it different. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Keep it light. Where are we going? Left, right, up? You don't know. You can't see. Yeah. You're just We're listening to us. Off air. Yep. All Thanks right. for listening, should guys. We, uh, should we spin the wheel real quick for next week? Oh, shit. For we next forgot week? to spin the wheel. Um, yeah, we'll spin it right now. All right. Ready? You guys ready yeah, to yeah, spin yeah. it? All okay, right, Michael's up, setting up to spin or it. Or Michael, right. are you spinning it? And this has been, been Diff Course, guys. Here's the spin of the wheel. All right, here we go.